0: Social media is super important. Relationship with influencers are super important, but they're also people, right? So connect with them emotionally.
1: It's not just about numbers, right? It's about being authentic and about engaging with an influencer or talent,
2: creators, celebrities. So how do you see this connection about recognition in terms of the the traditional PR and the PR with these digital talents? When you're reading an article, in a, in a magazine that you've read
0: for many, many years, there's a reason that you subscribe to that community. It's a different kind of validation, right?
1: We're talking about here in an offline experience, right? But if you have to translate that experience to an online experience, I'm Mara Genovese here, founder and president of MG Power, MG Power Global Digital Marketing Powerhouse. Today I'm very excited and very grateful to be kicking off our season 2 of our influencer marketing Uncover podcast. And today I'm thrilled to have co-host with me Helen Catherine, our marketing manager here at MG Power. And together we are very very happy to welcome Paula Bezerra de Melo. Paula is a very good friend of mine. She's the head of public relations for Fazano Group Hotels, and also she's the chief brand activist for Emirates. With over 15 years of international PR and business experience across South America and United States, Paula has led the global positioning of Fazano Group hotels by strategically partnering with key public figures, celebrities, and influencers. Today, Paula is also contributed with writer for Forbes Brazil. Helen, before we introduce Paula and welcome her, I would like to say a big thank you for you to joining me today. On our first episode of season 2 of influencer marketing cover Podcasts.
2: hi my I'm super happy to be here today and co-hosting this very special episode because we're launching the season 2 of our podcast so super thrilled and very happy to have our guests coming all the way from Miami to join us and discuss how to build a impactful PR strategy by partnering with influencers so Paula welcome to the influencer marketing uncovered podcast how are you today and i would like to invite you to tell a little bit about yourself to our audience
0: wow um, thank you so much Mayita, helen i don't know what time it is in, in in london but i think it's afternoon afternoon here in miami too i'm thrilled to be here with such inspiring incredible women it's it's really what mayira what you have built with engine power is a testament to your forest, your vision, and your your just your badassness. I'm a fan. <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, as you know, and I am privileged to work with you now at, at Amaris. And uh, Helen, I'm thrilled to be here with you. It was lovely meeting you during our Basel when we were working together during our activations here. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Miami. Um, very happy to be living here. It's been actually, I was thinking about it and it's been a year since I moved here. And I wow. can't really believe how fast it kind of went by, you know? What was supposed to be like a five-day trip, which then became two weeks and then maybe like, you know, two months, um, ended up becoming quite a significant move for me and a, and a pivotal uh, career uh, move as well and i'm just really grateful so it's 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 a special day to be here speaking with with both of you
1: amazing pa i'm so happy and thrilled to have you you here with us and uh yes it's very special today because this is our first first episode of a season two and uh, we really wanted to have someone that will be so special and adding so much value to our first welcome back to our influencer marketing podcast and then I'm very happy that this is you, my lovely friend. And then our admiration is mutual. Like I am big fan of your work since you know I've known you and everything you have built it, you know, with Fazano, which is just like you're gonna talk a lot about that today to the audience. But like the work that you have, you know, done for for Fazano Group hotel and what led them to be what they are today through the amazing PR and engagement with celebrities and influencers that you have done. For the past 10 years or more than 10 years, Fazano, Remind me. 14. We 14, well, wow. We grew, uh, when we opened our
0: first uh, hotel in the first Rio, the hotel in Rio. So it was the second hotel in the group. So it
1: was, it's going to be 15 years. Wow, that's amazing. And like today, Paula, what like I think the audience would love, you know, to to hear like, you know, how you have uh, built the Fazano brand working closely with influencers, celebrities, and working together with them to build that awareness for the group, and you know those reviews, and really engaging you know them through their audience. But this you have started doing that like 15 years ago, right? And today, the way you engage with you know talent, celebrities, and influencers because of social media has you know changed the way brands see. The, the role that celebrities and like creators they, they play when they come to you know engage with friends and how powerful that tool of not using but partner with talent to get their voices right to in, in order to to promote uh, a brand or a service but it's there is this uh you know a lot of like clients of ours you know that we that we work with they start engaging with creators like two three years ago but in reality we do that since 15 years ago 20 years ago but It was in a different way, right? So it was through more the traditional way of PR and journalism. So what has been changing now is just the format, right? With the rise of social media platforms like Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, you know, the way you engage with creators has maximized because now we have much more access to hear their voices and to see what they're doing and the experience they're sharing And I would love you to tell the audience here today, like how you have started with Fazano and in terms of engaging with creators' talents and why you had that vision at the time and how that helped transform Fazano. Wow. Okay. Well,
0: I think first of all, I would say that Fazano transformed Fazano. Like to be very, how can I say this? Like I have never worked with anyone in my life so completely obsessed with detail and in love with what they do as Roger Fazano, as Gerald Fazano, okay? So when I, I never planned on going into the hotel business whatsoever. Like I used to work in film like before I moved to Rio, like that's what was my passion. Like I wanted to be a screenwriter. I had worked at Paramount. I had worked at Miramax. I, uh, I had uh, been an assistant to Katia Lund, who was a co-director of City of God. Like I, I was really always driven by storytelling, right? Because that ultimately is what screen screenwriters do. They tell a story. That's where the movies come from, right? It's, it's, it all begins with a story. So meeting Rogério Fazano changed my life. Um, when I was in Brazil and I happened to be there between one thing I was living in New York, the hotel Fazano was opening in Rio. Um, and he knew my work because I had already, uh, I was a contributor for Brazilian Vogue, um, and the PR at the time from, from Sao Paulo was also very involved in Vogue. And, um, he said, you know, stay here in Rio for six months. Let's see how this works out because uh, the hotel is going to open and I I can't describe to you uh, that the level of commitment to perfect to, to, to providing a, an amazing experience like there isn't a there is a dedication uh, from the vision behind every Fasano experience the idea is like it's almost as if when you step into a Fasano like you have a choice. We understand that you have, you have the means and the choice to stay anywhere in the world, but you're choosing to stay with us, right? So it's, we take, we take making memories very seriously. So everything about the time that you are choosing to spend with us. And this, this is like, this goes for people who are relatively famous, well-known, to people who are not at all and are not even searching for any of that we we take it as our responsibility to heighten their experience in an uninvasive way but in a way that adds a lot of value so there's a saying by maya angelo that uh, to me is one of the guiding principles of well she's one of my favorite authors but um it's kind of like a guiding principle to everything that i do in my life um and it applies a lot to what I've learned at the Fazano. working with Gerald, People will forget what you say. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. And so I think ultimately, like, and I'm super flattered that you think that I've done all of this for the Fazano. But once you have a product that is so authentic in the case of the fuzzle, it's more than a product because it's a lifestyle that it makes you feel things. That's when you really connect with people. It's, it goes beyond, it's not a transactional thing. And I think, you know, the fact that Gerald came from restaurants before he went into hotels. Um, it's a very interesting thing because usually hoteliers you know they they open restaurants after but they have that experience prior and when you when you are when you come from the restaurant world like Roger does like viewing the overall experience like he doesn't worry he's not it's not just about the chef right the the, it's about consistency and tradition and maintaining the very best of that Italian cuisine that's been there established since 1902 when his great-grandfather moved from Italy to Brazil. It's maintaining that heritage, maintaining it contemporary. It's classic, but contemporary. At the same time, it's also about the ambiance. How you feel when you sit down to have that meal because meals are memorable moments. It's when we sit down and exchange. And when did we feel nothing like the pandemic to make us realize how important in bringing connection meals were?
1: And and, and I, I love that you're saying about the experience and about how you make people feel. It's very in line. Now I'm doing like a a, a thing here about what I've talked last week at South by Southwest that it was all about like content experience and what is content experience nowadays content experience is all about creating content that make people feel something that they can experience something with your content that we resonate and that something is an emotion that we're going to create a memory that's going to create a recall and it's funny that you're saying that which is actually the way you like fazano create this whole experience is, is basically creating a a hotel an ambient like a content experience like you can put it this way like because it's like you know that people will come they will get that unique experience they will feel some kind of emotion of happiness joy you know love creating memories that we're gonna get their recall and people will come back to fazano because fazano actually touch people's feeling right and, and I, I love that paradox because I thought about yeah. South by Southwest I was like oh my god this hasn't changed right experience is the base for everything we do offline or online right it's all about creating memories and creating the emotions and do you think like working with like celebrities and you know talents with Fazano that how do you think that they play a role not transform like as you said, but to leverage that knowledge out there, that Fazano was so special, like was the experience that you have and you would like to come back because it would touch your, you know, your your emotion. So, do you think that they did play that role on supporting leveraging that experience message out there? If we if we look back
0: before we were talking about this, right? How the world's really changed. But like, so we opened the hotel in 2007. Um, This was, I mean, way before social media exploded in the way that it has. Um, And we were still quite selective about how we were presented in the press um, because we wanted to make sure when you have a brand that's so cautiously created, you want to make sure that people take the time to get to know your story, right? You don't want people just coming in and out and just writing something like thoughtlessly. So we really wanted to, to have make sure that people would come and be able to experience the brand. And once they did, it was almost automatic. That they would sh- the word of mouth that was generated is really what took us to the next level. And of course, like opening, so the Fasano in Sao Paulo, which was Gerald Fasano's first hotel, right? Um, it opened in 2003 and it was already had been voted as one of the most beautiful, chicest hotels in the world by like Condé Nast Traveler. And it, it had that recognition, but, it, but the minute that it became you know, Rio, Ipanema, like the visibility of that city, like being in the marvelous city, being, you know, that really took it to another level. So, so Rio, the city elevated our brand awareness by nature, right? Because Rio is a very um, mediatic and a very sought after destination. Um, And the fact that there had been a certain, there was a certain delay in that hotel opening. People were expecting it for a while. So when it finally opened, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, like we can finally get to see what this is all about. You know, there were several elements um, that triggered immediate interest um, as people were seeing that building go up, right? Um, So I think word of mouth is what we always aimed for. Because we were, when you have a product that you're so sure of that, that you're making it, for, that, that you're sure that, 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 that once you have your, your, your audience that, that it's going to resonate, there's no better PR than, the, than a client who wants to come back to a friend and be like, oh my gosh, you have to stay there. Like to this day... Like, I joke that like my friends, who've, I mean, my clients who become my friends, or, uh, our guests who become our friends, like they're my PRs because they'll say, they're like, what, you're going to, re- you're not saying that, are you crazy? And then they'll loop me in into a, like, it's unbelievable. They become like little ambassadors because they take it personally that their friend is going to go to Rio and not experience what they did. And they don't want to let that happen. So it's really amazing, you know.
1: It is amazing. It's all up. It's like you 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 building your community of Fazano at the time, right? Like that's why I love to talk about the past and the present because everything you're talking here about 15 years ago, the experience, touching people's emotion makes when people feel something, getting your clients to be the word of mouth, creating your own community. This is all we do now right so that's like that's that's what i love because what we're doing now what changes are the the platforms right but the way we should think when promoting or trying to engage a brand or a service is all about right creating a community getting the word of mouth and making sure you're creating an experience that people will remember that they wanted to come back and then we spread so I, I, I love that, you know, like you've been doing what, you know, so many brands are typing into just now, but you have been doing that for so many years, right? Yeah, so yeah. uh...
2: Paula, I was wondering here because I, I, I saw that you mentioned recognition and I would like to know how you connect because when we, when we think about PR, like the traditional PR, that's all we wanted. We wanted recognition from the important media outlets for our brands and today when an influencer posts about our product our service organically especially this is the kind of recognition that brands are looking for as well especially when we talk about like big influencers so how do you see this connection about recognition in terms of the the traditional pr and the pr with these digital talents so it's very interesting because so much has changed
0: right the tools that you use in order to to get that recognition, they evolved over the years. When we, when we started, um, I think one of the things that really elevated the brand awareness was when we started getting certain celebrity groups staying with us. Um, now, one thing that's important to, for you to realize is that we're a very small hotel. So we're a small hotel in Ipanema. Um, we're not, uh, we don't have like a huge um ballrooms like we're, we're a different kind of we're, we're, we're a what even though like we don't like the label to la- be labeled any certain way like because i think for the fazan it's less about design and boutique it's much more about how it's all about personalized service that's like to me the ultimate differential
2: and that's key today right personalization is one of the key aspects of of the brand communication today so i think this makes all the difference, yeah.
0: Yeah, and Gero was a pioneer in that in his restaurants. Yeah. Because you would feel that kind of excellence in service that was really personalized, but, re- but uninvasive, because the worst thing you can do when you're having lunch, imagine like you're having lunch, right? And you want the waiter to notice if you're drinking water. Um, and, but in Brazil, like, you know, it was like, oh, okay, would you like some water? Yes, would you like, um, and, and you're in the middle of the conversation, right? So would you like some water? Yes, please. Uh, Sparkling or flat, flat, cold or room temperature? Cold. with ice or without ice, Ice. with lemon or without lemon? I mean, it's just like you've been interrupted, what, seven times and you haven't even ordered an item from the menu, you know? So he takes all of this is why so genius about him. Like he takes, he anticipates all the needs that someone would have and he makes them go away. Like, so the waiter just arrives effortlessly without you realizing with two bottles and he'll just pour the one that you want. And every less, it's so much about what the eye doesn't see. It's so much about the interruptions that don't happen.
1: I love that.
0: It. It's so interesting, but, but those are the things that make moments last long. Because if you think about when you, in that a good service, that's the same idea, like good service is invisible service. Yeah. Anyway, that was a total total tangent. That was not what we were talking about. But
1: um... and <laughs> I love that because like, and how like because like we're talking about here in an offline experience, right? But if you have to translate that experience to an online experience, how do you see that this is evolving? from like because of course now you have the different the social media tools right to play and to use to leverage your brand awareness and if you're you know a consumer brand to leverage from your conversion but as we're talking here about Fazano how now you're positioning Fazano within social media platforms to convey that message of the experience that the hotels offer but online because like of course like you have to use the tools online right to to, to leverage your brain awareness and get interest and like even when like we talk about Ipanema, the Leblon Hotel in Rio, like the pool of Fazano, like if you just put a like Fazano Real hashtag everything you see is people taking pictures by that pool. So like, you know, the amount of UGC you have just from that rooftop and that pool, is just like, it's completely organic, right? It's completely organic. Yes. So how social media is now like, is supporting the brand and conveying that message of the experience that the hotel group offers to their clients.
0: Um, Well, I think there's a couple of things that's interesting, that are interesting. One is that social media took the hotel, it made it more accessible. It made people be able to dream about visiting it and under feeling like the, it's different when Louis Vuitton, you buy a purse, you experience it, right? You can, Mm -hmm. not necessarily everybody who's into like, before, you would have to go and stay at a Fasano to have a Fasano experience or to have an interaction with a brand, right? Whereas in uh, consumer goods, luxury goods, you would purchase a perfume or or, or a makeup brand, or, I mean, or, or a, you know, if, if you can't, people who can't afford a Chanel bag buy Chanel um, eyeshadow and they, they feel a connection with the brand. They feel that experience. And with Fasano, it was always... A little distant before social media because you would have to physically travel to rio or sao paulo and stay in a very expensive hotel and once we had a certain level of celebrities even before the influencers because before social media right so when people started seeing um certain uh and the media plays a very important role in this as well it's almost as if they're allowed to like connect with that, you know, and experience that. So social media really, really opened that door for, for people to experience the brand um, without physically uh, being there. And that was very interesting. The The brand awareness for the Fasano um, really expanded in a way uh, way beyond just the actual customer base, let's put it that way. So, the client base. Um, and, and that's kind of, it. there's a certain um, beauty about being able to dream of a destination, especially when, you know, Rio, which is the, the, the hotel that I was, you know, mostly responsible for, um, is just such a beautiful destination. Like we, I used to joke that when people landed in, in Rio, I have a funny story. So when people landed in Rio, they were just so in love with the city. And like, okay, you know, by the time they land, 70% of our job is done because you know what I mean? Like they're not landing in like a small town in the middle of nowhere. Like they're, they're landing in this gorgeous city that some people didn't believe could exist. Like I remember Jesse Eisenberg, you've seen the film Rio, right? Yes. So they all, stay, so, so they stayed with us like um, during the, I don't know if Jesse said, but like some of the some of the cast stayed with us during the, the premiere of, of Rio. And I know Carlos Saldana, that is the, the editor, the, the filmmaker, the director is a friend of mine. And um, and I remember Jesse ended up uh, Jesse Eisenberg ended up supporting uh, dinner at the Brazil Foundation that we did one day. And in his speech, he said, you know, when Carlos told me about this movie Rio. And started describing it with the, you know, and the birds flying over the mountains and the ocean, and how there was another Lagoa and the mountains, and then this place called Sun. I, I thought it was a fictitious city. I was like, no city can be this beautiful, you know? <laughs> and then when I landed there, I was like, wow, it really, <laughs> it really is like this, you know? Yeah. So I think um, being able to have glimpses of that and shared instantaneously all around the world was also very special for the destination of Rio, you know, to really show a beautiful angle of the city. Um, Like the pool became so iconic. I'll tell you another example. I'm watching this episode of family guy. Have you seen family guy? Yes. (laughs) So Stewie, Stewie is in, uh, therapy and he's talking to his therapist and then he decides of course to psychoanalyze his own therapist instead of <laughs> analyzed. so he's like let's take a look at you shall we <laughs> anyway and so he he basically starts dissecting the life of the therapist and looks at a photo of his therapist with his therapist's partner and it's these two guys in sweaters and it's like, and from the look of that photo, you're in Rio de Janeiro at the rooftop pool of the Fasano. And I'm like, what?
1: That's amazing. No, that's always iconic. Yeah. And I have no
0: idea where this came from. And it says, and you're wearing sweaters, which <laughs> you're wearing sweaters, which means you probably wear their off season. We're probably less than the usual $800 or whatever. And, you know, and it's a photo in the cartoon of them at the rooftop of the Fasano in Family Guy. And I'm I'm like, we did That's not incredible. do this, this is, not, this is organic. Yeah, and so yeah. later I just, I, and I'm trying to place this. And so Gary Gennetti, who became a friend of mine, who's one of the writers from Family Guy, and who was one of the, you know, the writers of, of Will and Grace, he's a brilliant writer. Um, he, was, he had stayed at the hotel and he loved it so much that he did that.
1: Without even telling you guys, it was...
2: <laughs> and I think this is, this, is the, this is the power of storytelling as well that you were mentioning before, right? Because that's it, the, the hotel tells a story by itself, like, and, and people just, just buy it, like, organically.
0: It's also a message of Helen, like, Social media is super important. Relationship with influencers are super important, but they're also people, right? So connect with them emotionally. Like, look for authentic relationships with influencers because also people are getting really smart and really tired of being for, like, they, they can smell when things are being advertised to them, right? And so if... If you're just getting an, if you're just partnering in, like I'm talking general brands here with an influencer for the sake of their followers or the amount of you know likes they get or you know the how many likes their posts get, if it's just about that, well, guess what? Next week, that same influencer is going to be engaging with another brand. And, and what's really that saying about your brand? Like it's it, it you have sometimes you'd be amazed at what would at the things that would that you will accomplish that you can't even see now if you just focus on your brand ethos if you focus on the truth of your brand and that's what we did at the Fasano. we never focused on we focus on making the client happy
1: and creating the experience right and and it's a and it's a, it's a, a interesting what you said about like how to engage with influencers nowadays, right? So like five years ago, six years ago, when I started with uh, with the business, it was influencers engagement was such a, you know, a, a new thing for brands that they were like, okay, how do we do this, right? So how do we engage with them? Because we are seeing that when they post, you know, organically about a product or a service, we are seeing that this is adding some value to our business. So or People are getting to know more about our brand, or we're selling more. So we need to use them as a voice of our brands and make them to become our advertisers. But they didn't know how to, right? So and then it was all about numbers, right? So let's engage with an influencer that has one million followers, you know, X amount of views and and likes and comments, and they will be the right ones to do. Doesn't matter how authentic this is going to look like. We're looking for numbers. But I think what has, you know, changed massive is the shift, like huge shift from when I started to now. It's just like, no, it's not just about numbers, right? It's about being authentic and about engaging with an influencer or talent, creator, celebrity, however we want to call it, uh, that is actually has this shared the same values and the same, you know, purpose and meaning of content as your brand. This is when we start seeing you know, the results coming from because to be authentic today on social media and making sure that, you know, brands are engaging with profiles that, you know, share the same value and they actually genuine mm-hmm. like their products rather than just think about what are the numbers can offer to our brand. So this is just something that is definitely in the past, but as you said, consumer today they are so savvy, especially the Gen Zers, right? So Gen Zers, it are the you know the the the, the generation that is more um, of a challenge to engage than with a content because first of all they have a, such a short, you know, a, a amount of like we talk about the the span attention that they have, right? It's three to five seconds maximum that you have to actually convey them a message because they're so savvy, like they know like when it's authentic, when it's not. And the authentic element of how we engage with talent and celebrities on social. It's just it is just uh, so is everything nowadays. And I think you or the story that we are listening about Fazano, again, that's why I love the story, because you guys know that for about 15 years. So it's nothing that is new. Right. So it's not a it's not a winning formula of now. It's always been there, but I think now the industry are kind of more understanding of like, okay, how do I approach social media? How do I engage with influencers and celebrities on social media that it can come across real, authentic, that I can have this content experience through their voice that is going to support and help my brand on awareness, conversion, views, and so on and so forth. In general, when you connect with anybody on
0: something, if I ask you, Maya, do you like co- cats? And you're going to be like, Oh no, I don't have any cats. Do you like dogs? Oh, I love dogs. Like, if I start talking to you about dogs versus cats, if you have a dog and you love dogs, you're you're going to be generally more interested in the conversation about the dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, it, this is it's kind of a no brainer, but you would be surprised because if, if the brands, I just feel like it's take a step and put yourself in the shoes of the consumer of the client, you know, and what would you be interested in? So align with influencers that are genuinely interested in what you do, because guess what? There are so many of them. That's the beauty of it, right? There is no shortage of influencers. There. <laughs> They, there are lots and lots of them. So rather than just looking at the numbers, which of course is important, and that's an amazing resource to have, absolutely. but I feel like because it's measurable now, it never was measurable like that before, right? You're talking about PR, like what, what, what do PR do? They do dinners and lunches and invite, you know, celebrities and key opinion leaders you don't. You, you weren't able to measure how much influence that yeah. had, and, and the, you don't measure word of mouth, right? But it works. I mean, if it's done right, we were just talking about an example that works very well. So, I think people got so caught up with these numbers, like look, just looking at the numbers, that they forgot a little bit about the essence, and there is there is a very, um, focusing on strategy rather than just economics is kind of, I think the answer. Because once you have a strategic approach to your influencer campaign and you spend that first 30 minutes being like, okay, is this the right influencer for me? Does she care about what I'm selling? Because I look, for example, like. At Amoris, for example.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, Amoris is the leading manufacturer of sustainable ingredients in the world. And started um, this incredible work, uh, which to me, when I first heard about the, 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 the way that you get sugarcane and you ferment it and you can pretty much engineer the yeast to make any molecule. Like, I thought that was sci-fi. Like, it's so surreal, <laughs> the technology that... Yeah. The, the way that it, the, the things that I go behind is it. it, it's just so impressive. But ultimately, like, it's about best performing ingredients that are better for you, better for your health, and better for the health of the planet, right? So when we look at the story of the partners that have partnered with us on the consumer-facing brands, if you look at Rosie Huntington-Whiteley, for example, She, uh, when she had her first baby, uh, was looking for products that would be the best for the health of her, of her, of her baby. And she fell in love with Pipette, which was one of, which is the second brand of the Amherst portfolio. And because of that, later on, when she was thinking of developing her own makeup line, Amherst was the natural partner. It's not like oh let's see who we're gonna get to be the face of a color maker like the the real partnerships start when you really invest and
2: align the values definitely yeah, I completely agree. And it's so hard to to connect it with, uh, sometimes I feel like brands find it hard to connect it with PR strategies, because it's hard when you think about PR strategies, it's hard not to think about numbers, right? So this is, this. this it's the first thing that comes to mind. So, and I would like to touch a bit on your experience, Paula, in uh, the other side of the business as well. We've mentioned that you have worked for Brazilian Vogue. Uh, so how, how do you connect these dots? today uh, having the influencer partnerships that you have mentioned now about values and everything and the other side like the the journalist side of the business and how important this this aspect of the pr strategy is as well Although it doesn't always show in numbers as as you said, because we know that when we when we get a feature in a magazine, you cannot you cannot calculate exactly how many people actually you reached with that feature. So uh, how do how do you connect these dots today? And I also think that there is something it's almost you're also
0: reaching in so so, di- so in such different ways, right? Because when you're reading an article in a in a magazine that you've read for many many years that you've been following that publication, you know, there is there is a certain um, there's a reason that you, you that you subscribe to that community, um, and there's there's years and years of work and commitment, and um, so it, it, it's a different kind of of, of validation right so i think it's it's so silly when i when i see this um i mean journalism is so fundamental it's so important the editorial element is so important like it's it's so silly it's like so silly to compare one to the other because they are so intertwined um and what happened is you know i i think i think it's almost the fact that influencers have so much influence and that are able able to uh, have so much uh, reach uh, in a way, like people have always had that kind of reach in word of mouth and it's just more palpable now, right? And people do spend a lot of time on social media. I think that's the fundamental difference. It's how we're using our time it's the amount of times that eye- that the eyeballs are on Instagram. That's what's keeping, in a way, also.
2: Yeah, it's how much how much attention they're getting, right? We were talking about that as well. The attention economy. How much attention has become like a uh, 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 so valuable today more than anything, and this is what brands are looking for.
0: Exactly, and it's you know it's tricky because you know when you're a journalist, like you want. You're not in the three-second attention span business, yeah, but then no. you don't have to be to sell the story, and it's really hard. You know, I remember when I when uh, when I was living in New York, and um, I was asked to do my first story for Vogue Brazil, and I freaked out. I was like, "Wow, I'm going to be like published in Vogue!" Like, I was, <laughs> was a big deal for me, you know. And but just like being published, like writing, you know, and. Um, it's different, right? <laughs> it feels different. Yeah. It feels different. It just feels like really like serious. And you know, and you spend so much time. It, it's, it's there is a certain like, un, I, I mean, I have to say this because I, I felt it like that you spend a lot of time writing. And then you realize that even us, like we, we all collectively read so much less. Maida reads a lot. I love that she
1: reads a lot. And she's my <laughs> <laughs> so so- yeah. after midnight after midnight i read <laughs> but i love that you do that,
0: that you so what it's funny because when i opened my agency so i opened um uh my pr agency like i was in house at the fazano for many many years um and then you know i didn't want to leave rio <laughs> and um and we had an ever-growing uh Portfolio of hotels, but I did not. São Paulo was the corporate office, and I loved my city, and I didn't want to move. So uh, I spoke with Jero and I, you know, I had also done lots of years of consulting for a brand called Osclin, which you both know very well. Yeah, it's amazing. Taught me so mm-hmm. much about uh, sustainability and um, storytelling. It was just a pioneer in in, in sustainability and luxury. So. Uh, Oscar was really Oscar Mesavat was uh, really a pioneer in that segment, um, and so speaking with Rogério, the way we, we we figured it out was, you know, I'd open my own agency, I'd continue doing uh, my role at the Pazano, but by doing by working with other luxury brands and philanthropic causes, which was always a passion of mine, I would be able to bring more opportunities into the Fazano, and, and that we feel like, you know, my career was was growing in a way, even though I wouldn't, re, without having to reallocate to Sao Paulo where they would have, you know, the corporate structure, where there, we have a, corp- a corporate structure, a corporate PR, a corporate market marketing team, um, and we, who do an amazing job, by the way. Um, I have, we have such an incredible team in Sao Paulo. Uh, and now in New York. I mean, it's it's just so amazing to see how the group is is growing.
1: It's growing. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, is to me like Jero like became one of probably my closest friends, um, and it's just a privilege to you know I spend kind of my life and, in that way. Oh. It was in my wedding uh-huh.
1: my wedding my wedding bands <laughs> like- i'm just i'm just thinking here because like i'm like i'm just like i've let's think what i love about podcasts right because we we have a topic but we start talking about so many different things and we get engaged and then this is, is the beauty of like conversations that we have here on the podcast and then i was just like thinking here like here you're talking and then helen's as well talking about like because we, we type into a lot of like experience, right? That you mentioned like the Fazan is all about the experience. And then we talk about like how the creators are like play a huge part now on, on social media and the PR, the, the importance of the journalism is still today. But then I wanted to add one more element into this mix, right? So if we're talking about experience... Content, engagement, word of mouth, journalists, PR, influencer. How are we going to now go into the metaverse experience? Especially when we talk about Fasano. So if, because like one thing that you said that really caught my attention was like social media now made Fasano more accessible because now people can dream about being at Fasano, not necessarily they need to go there. Because seeing pictures on social media of the pool, when people organically post, they can dream about being there one day, just experiencing the content that you're getting on social word of mouth, right? Especially now, video, like if you go to Fazano Experience in Rio in Sao Paulo and you film that experience, You're even giving more access to people that are in China or in Singapore or in London, that they cannot be there, but they can dream through content. But now metaverse will actually accelerate that in a completely different way because now with the metaverse, you you actually don't need to go if you don't want to because you can create the whole fazano experience within metaverse. Right. I'm not saying that this isn't right or wrong, but like,
2: it's a possibility.
1: possibility. You can (laughs) recreate, you know, the whole experience where I'm gonna put my glasses and then I'm just gonna be at Fazan. I'm gonna swim in that pool. I'm gonna (laughs) have a drink with my friends. So, what is your thought about it? Because like we're talking about experience and Metaverse is all about connecting people in the metaverse world, connecting people from all around the world and giving them a chance to experience Adele concert on metaverse. So I don't need to go to Hyde Park to see Adele because now Adele is doing a show on metaverse and I will feel that I'm going to see Adele singing. So what's our thought? Because everything we talk here is about experience and metaverse is just giving access for people to not just dream, but actually, experience in a different way.
0: Well, um, yeah, I I have to be honest. I don't see the Fasano in the metaverse. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of trouble. Like I, you 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 might have to like help me, Maida, Like baby steps. Break this. <laughs> this down for me. Um, you know. Like when everybody was, this is like this is why I love Jero. Like when everybody was just like, you know, paper is done and like, you know, magazines are publishing less and less. He's like, we're gonna publish a newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) Like the Fasano, uh, like we have a newspaper, quarterly, like newspaper, and it feels like a newspaper. He's like,
1: I want something that feels like a newspaper (laughs) (laughs) that you can (laughs) touch. Yeah because you will we will be able to still have the newspaper, the magazine, the social but then you have to now you have the possibility of added on, right, one more element which can be the metaverse experience. So maybe not for now, but I'm sure in a year <laughs> time if we do another podcast you're going to come here guess what? Now you
2: can go to Masano through metaverse. <laughs> Especially because uh Everything that we've been we've been talking about metaverse is a lot about sense of presence. This is one of the things that they aim to 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 kind of uh, replace in the virtual world. So it's interesting. It would be interesting to to see uh, Fazano in the metaverse.
1: Maybe we can we can do like a Costa Brazil launch. Of their new fragrance aroma into Fazano in Rio through a metaverse experience. Can you imagine it's me being dreaming here, getting two brands, <laughs> and then <laughs> you, <laughs>
0: Francisco Costa is gonna is gonna want to 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 give up on the real trip to Rio Fazano.
1: <laughs> I, we can we can we, we can we can create a very good avatar for him that he will feel like he's in there. Oh my The real standpoint is. But I, I'm looking forward to see the evolution of metaverse, like around, I mean, pretty, not just, not just, you know, like we're talking here specific about Fazano because it's all about experience, and that's what metaverse would do, like right, connect people, make it more present and be more accessible, to create experience that people can join whatever they are in the world. So I'm very uh, passionate about to see where this is going to lead, you know, like in Tim, not just, you know, like brands, but even ourselves, human beings, right? How are we going to engage with metaverse? Are we going to go there as well? Are we going to create our own avatar? Are we going to be who we are? Or are we going to create a different type of avatar for this new universe? So I think it's early days. But uh, it's going to be very quick by the time everyone has uh, joined that Metaverse experience. I don't know what's going to be the impact and effect, and effect on brands and us, you know. But uh, it's something that I, I feel like there's no, there's no way back. It's happening and it's not really down like to the low future. It's, it's happening now. So it will be interesting to see how we all like being, you know, like you now working with Amaris and me as well, and our clients, how are we gonna, you know, engage our clients and our brands into this new way of engaging with consumers?
0: I think on the consumer side,
1: I think, I think honestly, like in the consumer side, it's even a,
0: a less of a, a, a jump for me, because then you can get creative about the experience. With the Fasano, or, Especially like with any real life experience, but especially the Fazan, which is like so how can I say this? Like tactile. It's just it's just so like it's so all about being there in that moment. It's really hard for me to 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 think about think about it.
1: No not not, not for now. We can
0: (laughs) but a brand but like if we talk about like the brands, I think I think that might be, um, because then you create experiences based on the brand identity.
1: Yeah, so true.
0: It's just that when you're in hospitality, like experiences is, is your key business. So to transform that is tricky.
1: Yeah, let's see what the future is holding for hospitality on that universe of metaverse. Paula, we could stay here forever because, you know, we love talk, especially when it's a guest like you. Uh, so, but we're going to have to wrap up for today. But that was an honor to have you here with us and having this amazing and insightful conversation. Thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. And we're very grateful to have you as our first guest of a season two of Influencer Marketing Uncovered Podcast.
0: Thank you, ladies, so much. What a privilege and a a true honor to be here with you. Thank you for having me.
2: Thank you, Paula.
0: I hope to see you very soon.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Thank you so much. It was an amazing conversation. Very, very insightful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much,
1: Helen, for joining me today as my co-host. That was a pleasure (laughs) as always. And thank you so much for everyone that's here today listening our podcast and this incredible conversation. I hope everyone have enjoyed. Stay tuned for our next episode. And if you have not yet, signed up. Please don't forget we are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. So sign up, like, share our episode. We will very much appreciate. Thank you so much for the time and thank you so much for being with us and hear this episode. And thank you so much, Paul, again. And I will see you all very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you.